leave the meeting. No, don't leave the meeting. Stay right uh, do, the meeting. do I press got it? Got it. Yes. We are okay. live. We there are we live, Michael. Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is we're hilarious. Just, God. Just, this is the part that should be on. <laughs> Trying oh. to figure it all out. Okay, so it took us a little bit, but we're here. And um, and I'm live with Michael Lernard. And you know, Michael, it's fitting that it took us all this time because you know you were oh. supposed to be in my living room two years ago. Do you know that? No. Okay, you were scheduled. You were scheduled to perform in my living room at Women Who Write, March 31st, 2020. Yes. And we had a little thing called the pandemic lockdown. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. I would have been there. You would have been. <laughs> we would be old friends by now. <laughs> well, yeah, this darn pandemic, it's just been insane. I've never, never thought in my lifetime, did you? You know, I, I want to talk to you about that, Michael, because I lead this group called the COVID Crazies. They're watching right now and they're going out of their minds that I, you're with me. COVID crazies. They were going to be here in the living room. 50 of them were going to oh. be in the living room to uh, to hug and kiss you and 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 bask in your glory. And yeah. uh, because we, you know, uh oh, oh, Michael. No, 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 no. You'll be right. I just have to plug it in. Okay, plug it in. You're scaring oh, me. This is a this Your is a Frankie and off. Johnny. <laughs> this we should make a movie of this here. Okay. Oh no, your camera went off again, Michael. We have to get you back on. Oh, there you are. No, no, no. <laughs> I, this I'm, ready to go I'm ready to shoot myself. Okay. okay. Uh, for those of you out there, Michael and <laughs> Michael and I are both sober and we both need a drink. We're going to go out together. Me. Oh no, now you're kind of freezing up. There you are. Wait, oh, you've moved. You've changed. We've had a lot of technical issues, everybody. But... Oh no, you're not. Oh no, you're, you're. Yeah, you're, you're, you're. Are you not here? You're kind of doing a slow motion thing. Ay, ay, ay. I'm talking to you. Okay, now it's better. <laughs> so weird. I can see you. I... Okay. Okay. It's something to do with the internet and, you know, Mercury's retrograde and who the hell knows what else is going on. There, do, you there... want to, do you want to just do this voice and then, um, you know, we can do it tomorrow. Uh, I'll be home tomorrow. We can do it on Wednesday, if this is true, no, you know, I'll, 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 I'll kill her. I'll kill Harlan. Cause Harlan, I Wednesdays, when I usually do this, you are the only person I am doing this for on a Monday. Cause Harlan told me you could oh. only do it on a Monday. So yes. 300 interviews. You are the first Monday. Oh no, and we're and you're freezing and I'm doing theater. Well, here I am. I mean, I'm yours. You can't hear me, right? I'm moving. Let's try and stay still, Michael. How's this? Okay, stay still, and hopefully we'll keep you. Okay. <laughs> All right. I um, haven't moved. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm putting you through this. Oh my God. No, vice versa. 
I have so much that I want to talk to you about. And I told, I was told, I only have you for 45 minutes. I'm actually speaking at a meeting. You can have me for two hours if you want. Well, you know, the only problem is because Harlan told me I only had you for 45 minutes. So I'm speaking at one of those meetings that we go to at six o'clock. So, but you know But you know what? We're going to, I'm going to have you back. You're going to come back, right? (laughs) Okay. I promise. I promise. And it'll be from home on my computer. So it'll be fine. Excellent. But, but let me have you for the time I've got you. And, and because I, the, one of the last things I was going to talk to you about, but now I want to say it first. So I get it in. I know you're considering writing your memoir. Is that correct? Yeah, I've kind of been noodling around for a few years, actually, but I haven't formally, I can't seem to sit down and write down, you know, I was born on April 9th, 1939, and blah, blah, blah. I, I, it, I, I seem to have to write about little snapshots of my life. I don't seem to know how to put it all together. I need an editor, I guess, to boost me a little. And that would be wonderful. And this, there's um, a couple of things. It took me 13 years to write mine. Well, that's encouraging. (laughs) And all I, all I, I promised myself to do committed to was five minutes a day of sitting down. And I bet you can sit down for five minutes every day and you can send me an email and tell me that you did it every day. I send an email to someone every single day to tell them that I did it. And I bet you'll, but I also know what you, I think I know what you should call your memoir. (laughs) A a girl named Michael. Oh, come on. (laughs) Oh, gosh, yes. Well, my father said, had you been a boy, we would have named you Caleb. But as you were a girl, we named you Michael. Okay, so I don't understand this. What does that mean? Well, they drank a lot. (laughs) So 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 did we, I understand. Yes, yes, we did. I (laughs) I did. And I understand that your Eskimo, the person who helped you get sober, you tell us the story. Was Ralph W., and we used to go out to lunch, uh, you know, while we were shooting the show. And uh, we'd both have a martini or, you know, whatever before lunch. I mean, not overdo it, but just right. enough to get kind of feeling a little loose. <laughs> and then we go back on the set. And then one day, Ralph said, I th- I'm thinking about going to a 12-step program. And I said, oh, I think that's wonderful. I thoroughly support you in every way. And um I'm glad you're doing it because you do have a problem. And he put his hands on my shoulder and looked me in the eye and said, and I think you should come too. I remember (laughs) feeling a little rush of indignation. What do you mean I should come too? And uh, (laughs) so I I went and, um, you know, it's been 43 years now for me. I'm in awe. Yeah, I'm in awe. And, and it changed. I, I, I heard something about one of your sons said to you something about what did you oh, say? Oh, yeah. You're right. Lucas, my youngest, said, you know, Mom, when you drink wine, you're not like you. And it was true, you know. I mean, I was mom in the during the day. And after the first, you know, having wine at dinner or something, I would suddenly become terribly uh, happy, I guess, or, or whatever. And um, I wasn't the same person that he knew that he had during the day. I didn't drink much during the day, but once I started, I, I enjoyed it. So, and right. I finally, I finally just decided, um, you know, I don't want to do this. Uh, I don't need it. I don't want it. And I went to support Ralph and ended up deciding maybe I should take a look at my own drinking problems. So I did. And it's been wonderful. It's been a good life. 
I'm, it's that's a that's inspiring and wonderful too. Forty three years is amazing. Yes. Um, well, I'm old. When do, when, well, <laughs> I'm old. I'm, You're I'm, still I'm, young. I'm sixty six. I'm on your tail. Well, so, okay. when that's you uh, when did you um, when did you start drinking? When did did it escalate right at the beginning, or when did drinking become a thing? It, 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 luckily for me, if we're going to talk about it, um, luckily for me. It never was something, except for my youngest, who said, when you drink wine, you're not like you. It wasn't something, I had a wonderful housekeeper who's lived with us, and she said, I never saw you. Well, she didn't, because she was in bed by the time, you know, I was <laughs> my fourth drink. But um, luckily, I didn't have to go down as far as a lot of people have to go. I got off the train at the first stop, let's put it that uh... way. I didn't have to go 10 stops. I just didn't like... Um, I didn't like going to bed, sort of bouncing, loosely bouncing off the walls. And I was drinking alone because I had never done that before. But when I was doing, um, when I was came out to Hollywood, I was really lonely. I was staying in a motel. I had no money. And I, I had a Raggedy Ann doll and a bottle of bourbon, you know. And so I do what I had to do during the day. But then I'd come home and start pouring myself a drink. And then I'd kind of get a little... Um, I was thin in those days, and so I didn't eat much, and I just get kind of a little thing. And one morning I woke up and I thought, I got to do something about this. It didn't feel right for me. And um, did it get so in the way it's of your 43 career? years? And, and I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm sorry. Did it get in the way of your career? I mean, I, from what I heard, you were a little hungover when you did the screen test for the Waltons. Is that true? I was. It worked in my favor, actually, <laughs> I think because I was supposed to look older and I was 32 and they were looking for somebody in, in her 40s. And so it worked in my favor, I think. But um, yeah, I, I was a little hungover. Um, I wasn't drink. I didn't I hadn't been drinking that that morning or anything, but I was hungover from the night before and um, it was OK. And it was really a nice, nice audition because Richard and Ralph auditioned with me. So there was the chemistry from the two of them. They were easy to love. And, uh, and then it, the whole thing tra transformed my life, you know, in every way, being with Ralph and uh, going through his sobriety and then getting my own, it, it turned my life around. Yeah. And did you guys kind of fall in love a little with each other? Yes, of course. I, I adored him. And uh, but we knew that we had to kind of be careful that, that we shouldn't take it to the next step, that we should just be loving friends. Um, th that chemistry between us is real. But uh, we were smart enough to know not to uh, go the whole way. And we didn't. You were a woman of the theater and yes, and you, you still are. Right. And so, and oh, Bill Ball, ACT, my dream. I saw him speak uh -oh. when I was in college and I, I was too chicken to audition for ACT, but oh, what I wouldn't give to have seen your Cleopatra and your private lives and, and oh, thank you. all of those. Um, did it get in the way when you were an actress on, on the stage? I mean, how, did, you drink, did you ever drink before you went on stage? No, but up toward the end, I would have a drink in intermission a little, or I'd have it waiting for me and I'd have a sip and I'd have a drink waiting for me, Thea. Cause you know, in the theater, you know yourself, you, 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 you don't go drunk on the st stage because you can't remember your lines, but afterwards everybody goes out and has a drink to unwind because sure. you're sort of high at the end of a, a performance. So 
Uh, and it was perfectly natural. I mean, I wasn't drinking any more than anybody else. In fact, I was drinking less than some people, but um, it just, finally, when I started drinking by myself, that was really what did it for me was, um, mm-hmm. and when my little boy said, you know, when you drink wine, you're not like you. And that, that did it. And, um, and then Ralph, supporting Ralph, and then seeing that I was the one that had a problem as well. Um, that was really a turn point for me. And it was wonderful. 43 years ago, it was really 50 years ago, but I had a little period where I was drinking a glass of wine. So I had to start over. And that's what I did. Good for you. So Mm -hmm. another part of that that I wanted to ask you about, because for myself as an addict and an alcoholic, I was a liar, cheater, stealer before I got sober. And I heard a story about um, that reminded me of a story of my own where you got some candy money when you were a little girl. How'd you get your used to steal? Yes, I was a thief. She was a thief. I wasn't even drinking. I was a little thief. I'd sneak into my my parents' bedroom because they slept a little later. You know, I'd get up. I must have been seven, six or seven. And and some teacher ratted me out. I bought her a box, a five-pound box of chocolate or no or a pound box of chocolates five dollar box of chocolate and she called my father and said you know your daughter is spending an awful lot of money on candy <laughs> and uh i i think you should know about it so my father said you're too old spank um but i think you've been taking money from my, my drawer and when i I was taking all those old coins that he was saving for a little coin collection. Like a quarter could buy five candy bars. So I would take a quarter and think he wasn't noticing to do chores. I had to milk three goats every morning and every night before I went to sleep, which is like a cow and a half. And um, <laughs> I did chores. I fed the rabbits who were. Uh, and I was scared as hell going up to the barns, you know, so dark and so dark. And um, but I don't I now I am paying my father to keep the money after I paid him back. So I thought he handled it really well. You yeah. know, when you have you and I'll delinquent as a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> have to know what you're doing (laughs) but it's but you but he did teach you a lesson because you didn't steal after that is that correct no I don't I wouldn't even take a matchbook from a hotel room now no and I never stole I never stole from stores or anything I just stole from my parents (laughs) (laughs) I did the same thing and I got scared straight myself but I did I used to take from my mother's wallet and then she set me up and I got caught and I was so mortified that I never did it again it was hard what made her set you how did she know she must have guessed that money was disappearing she didn't but she had a boyfriend who was a cop and he and I I hated him and so I took out of his wallet and then he set me up and uh but I never did it again but I was older than you I was like 15 or something but 14 yeah that's that's normal too (laughs) it was horrible yeah it was embarrassing but so I, I have like 30,000 questions going through my mind to try to, to, so I hear that your father was in the CIA. Is that true? Yes, he was. Did you know that he at the time? Uh, 
No. Oh, your sound keeps no, freezing. No, we were living in Austria, and it was like the sound of music. It really was. We wore dirndls. We went to the little local school. We would sit and harmonize on the hill. You know, oh. uh, sound of music. It was. It had. Um, yeah, it really was the sound of music. We made Daisy Chen recently. So I remember Victor Heinze was his name. Was sixty six when he died, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, it was it was real and it was beautiful and. Um, I remember I've been back. I took my husband to to see where I had lived, and I would love to take my kids. They've never been there, so that would mean a lot to me. And that village, and and the people are still there. Some of them. So we went to see Inga. Inga and I used to walk around the lake delivering laundry. Uh, I would keep her company, and she's still there. And so, yeah, it was wonderful. Sound of music. It really was. The I'm cows would go up to the mountains with flowers in their horns. And oh, it really was wonderful. I love that. My grandmother's from Austria. My grandmother who passed was from oh, Austria. Really? Yes. Where was she but, from? Where? You know, I don't know. I, I don't have that information. And my father died of Alzheimer's. So I don't know that I'll ever find out. I'm oh, going to have to do one good. of those ancestry.com things or something and find out. It's a beautiful country. It's, I've, been to a, I've been fortunate and been to a lot of countries. And it's the most beautiful country I've ever been to. Oh, wow. Yeah, really so what is. I what I don't know about you at all, Michael, is how you started to to act. What 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 what? Where did that begin for you? Well, I even living in Austria, which was fabulous. I, I was a very depressed child, so I cried. Oh. I cried a lot and um, and shook. I think it was hormonal, you know, and. Oh God, I lost your sound. Sorry, the doctor said, um, my parents took me to the local doctor and she said, you know, she doesn't have any peers of her age who are interested in ballet and the things that she's interested in. Uh, these people had just come through a war. It was five years after the war that we were there. It was 1950. Right. So even though the village had never been destroyed or anything, um, you know, Hitler had, there were, <laughs> and, um, and I felt it. I could tell who was a Nazi and who wasn't. As a kid, I, I could see. Wow. I could tell. So I was very uh, sensitive to all that stuff. And as much as I loved Austria and still do, um, I think that combined with, you know, hormones and everything um, made me very emotional. So my parents said, well, she loves dancing. And uh, the doctor said, why don't you? She needs to be with her peers, people who are interested. So they sent me off to boarding school, which was worse. <laughs> wow. I mean, it gave me a career, but I was terribly homesick. And mm -hmm. I think it was all to do with hormones, I guess. And I cried all the time. And the teacher said, could you, could you cry a bit more quietly, please, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting in the class going. <laughs> but I did, I did get a career out of it. And I loved Oh no, yeah. we lost your we lost your camera oh, again, Michael. I'm so you've lost me. Okay. How do you Yeah, we lost your picture again. I see you. Yeah. You can hear lost, me though. I can hear you, but we've lost your picture. We're having a lot of issues on this on this. Are you still there? I'm here. I can hear you. 
Uh, I'm just trying to find how to get you. All right, hang on. Um, it's going to let me send you an invitation to start your video. I'm just trying that again. There you are. Go. There you are. Okay, I can't see you now, but I can hear you. Oh, God. Well, we can see you. So that's, that's more right. important. You, right. um, okay, so, so you started performing then. And I know that you were a woman, as I said, of the theater. And it wasn't, you didn't want to audition for Olivia Walton. Is that true? Yes, I did not. Uh, well, I hate auditions anyway. I get so nervous. You'd think it was operating on a baby without <laughs> anesthesia, but um, you know, actors are a little, are a little insecure egos. Um, I remember in Private Lives, uh, uh, that was such a fun job at mm. ACT. Um, Francis Coppola directed it before he became Francis Coppola. Oh my! And, um, yeah, it was fabulous. He was driving a little old beaten up VW Bug, rusty colored VW Bug, and Wow. Um, I mean, he had directed Tinian's Rainbow, but he wasn't, you know, God, that was, he was actually auditioning people for Godfather while he was directing <gasps> us. And he'd go down oh. to LA and audition people, but who knew, you know, who knew? Wow. Um, so anyway, he was wonderful to work for. He really knows, understands how actors work. And, um, and it was a wonderful production, but I, I used to get so nervous on opening night that my, I had to light a cigarette and a cigarette holder, and it went from the left side of my mouth all the way around to the right side of my mouth while I'm trying to follow it with the lighter and light it because <laughs> I was so nervous. But, um, but those were wonderful days at ACT. There's nothing like rep theater. Thank God for Bill Ball because the experience of working in different plays and doing one play in the afternoon and racing down to another theater to do the other, another play at night was just a fabulous, fabulous um, experience. Oh, and I, I, I loved it. I was in a tiny little rep company, but Bill Ball and ACT were the dream. So I, I'm in awe and, and you've done Broadway and you've done, you've done, you've done everything. You, you even did uh, theater with Ralph Waite. Didn't you guys do love letters together? Yes, we did. And we were wonderful. <laughs> he was wonderful. Um, but you know, love letters, you're not allowed to look at each other until the very end. Have you done it? I have not have done, done it. Play? No, I haven't. No. Oh no, don't tell me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. It's it's just it works. You don't even have to do anything. It just it's so well written by Pete Gurney and um, and Ralph and I did it together. And of course, we love each other. We loved each other, and so um, that came through. I think when we did it, I it have no nice no yeah. doubt. You know, your chemistry with Richard Thomas is amazing as well. I've just seen real life pictures of the two of you together, forget as, as mother and son, but in real life, you had a beautiful sizzling chemistry with, with Richard that um, when you both accepted your, your Emmy awards and the way you looked at each other, it was just beautiful. Well, I, we still do, we're very close and I'm very close with Georgie, his wife, who's wonderful. And um, you know, it's easy to have chemistry with Richard because he's just one of the sweetest human beings that ever walked the face of the earth. I mean, he truly is. I, I told Georgie, it must be very hard to live with such a nice guy. Oh, um, but then did you, did you watch him in Ozark? Did you watch Ozark? 
No, I haven't. I haven't seen Ozark. I saw one episode, I think, and I don't know why I haven't seen more. But well, um, Richard plays one of the most horrifying people on the planet in the last season of Ozark. Oh my God, <laughs> he's good at that. I saw him do something on on, uh, on in the theater, and um, he was really horrible. I didn't even recognize him actually. He was so good. I didn't know it was Richard, and then of course I knew, but. Um, he was, he's a wonderful actor. He, I think because, I don't know if it's because of John Boy or what, but I don't think the world has, our country has acknowledged him as one of the great actors uh, in, this, in, in, in America. He's just, he can do anything. Well, maybe that'll come well. to him now. I just saw that he's doing uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. And, yes, he is. And maybe he'll get that recognition that he deserves now. I'm going to say, well, yeah. You know, you don't get it from touring. I don't know. But anyway, maybe after, you know, we, they only appreciate us after we're dead. Oh, God. Well, I hope that's, I, I, that's not true of you. You are so adored. I cannot tell you when I posted that you were going to be on the show, you, so many people got on the thread and said, oh. you, know, you have gotten them through the pandemic, that so many of the women, Linda Apsey, for one who's on now, my photographer said that she watches the Waltons every day through this whole pandemic. And that has filled her, filled her through this horrible time with love. Oh, that's bringing me to tears, honestly, because it was such a gift and I didn't appreciate it at the time. I didn't realize, I said, I couldn't understand the first Emmy I won. I went with my son, Chris, and I had a ball. I had a Bill Blass dress and the, the makeup and the hairdresser on the show were, or they were all excited. They did my hair and my makeup. You looked gorgeous. It was all so exciting and new. And I had no thought in the world that I would ever have to get up there and thank anybody because <laughs> I wasn't going to win anything for pouring coffee. <laughs> and when I won, I, rem I still remember the expression on my son's face. I, these <laughs> eyes of his just got biggest plates. And we looked at each other like, can this be real? And then I had to go up thank everybody. And the, after that, it was nerve wracking because then you're sitting there and thinking, oh God, I hope... But, um, but it was so excited. It was such a going in the limo, you know, all oh. of that was brand new. And because you don't have that in theater unless you're maybe doing Broadway or something, but you certainly in rap, you, you, there are no limos or anything, <laughs> and, uh, as you know. And so it was a big thrill. And I, I don't mind talking about what a thrill it was. It, I certainly wasn't blase about it at all. Did did you get insulted that they were asking you to play Richard Thomas's mother when you were only eleven years older than him? <laughs> I know. Well, it was the Appalachians, you know, uh, how it is in the country. Um, no, but you know, I, I am. I do tend to be frumped down all the time, and I, now that I'm I'm old, I would like them to to dress me up a little bit. You know, but I you wait till you see Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. I, they got me all in a really nasty wig, and um, not it's well, not a nasty wig. It was a good wig, but you know, it wasn't. Exactly let's talk fun. about that. I, okay, I've heard that Monster is only a working title. It might be called something else, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Now, did yeah. you film that during the pandemic? I guess we did, yeah, because 
yeah, it was this year. So, yeah. And, and so um, how did the pandemic impact you, Michael? Because for one thing, you were supposed to be in my living room, March, 2020. Did, did you lose work because of the pandemic? Were you scheduled to do things? I bet you were. I'd like to say that, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe, I mean, let's, let's say yeah, yes. Maybe there's all kinds of stuff out there I could have been doing. But um, no, I don't think I lost work because of the pandemic. But um, I, you know, it was weird because we all had to be vaccinated, of course. And right. uh, but I don't remember us wearing masks on the set or, or any of that. I guess some of the crew sometimes did, but uh, it was all very, uh, I don't know, casual. It shouldn't have been, I suppose. But you know, I. I'm up here now in North Carolina, or down in North Carolina, and um, nobody's wearing masks here. Um, yeah, they're not wearing them not in like LA, LA either. You, your mask no. is below your nose in LA. They'll, they'll, people will get on you if you're not anymore. In not anymore. Nobody's oh, wearing good. a mask in LA. No, it's terrifying. Oh, it's okay. oh, good. So you're not COVID crazy. You're, you're ca no. COVID casual. Well, I've had my shot, so I assume if I get it, I won't die. I mean, I suppose I could, but. Um, I, no. I don't think that's going to what's going to take me out is COVID. I, and hopefully now people will get vaccinated and, and it won't be the death sentence that it has been for older people, not for young people, but for older people, it has been a death sentence. But they usually had other issues as well, I think. And um, luckily, I'm so far, I'm knock on wood, I'm doing okay. I'm so glad. Okay, so tell us about the Jeffrey Dahmer story because you play his grandmother, is that correct? Yes, I do. And I have a grandson living with us now who's 28 years old, the most gorgeous in every way guy. I, I am bragging and I don't care. He's <laughs> handsome. He's kind. He's fun. He's just, I love having him live with us. And, um, you know, I, I looked at him and I thought, what would it be like if I suddenly discovered this, this beloved grandson of mine was a serial killer? So that's what I kind of used for my character who who didn't know what he was doing right because denial i mean he's bringing body he's bringing black plastic bags up from the basement <laughs> with body parts in them. and she's going what's in the bag jeffrey um <laughs> so at one point she says what's that smell and, uh, that's really a line uh, I, I'm making it a comedy. It's not supposed to, I mean, there is some humor in that, I think. <laughs> Ryan and Murphy down usually has comedy. Chopping up little boys. It's, a, it's horror. It's a horror story. And Peter Evans is the nicest kid mm. you'd ever want to meet who plays these, he played Charlie Manson and something else, I think. He plays these horrible, horrible people. So he must get his dark side out playing all these characters because in real life, he's just a doll. Wow. Another thing that you've done recently, Second Acts. Um, yes. I, I, I didn't know that I'd be able to see it. I just saw that I can rent it on Amazon, which I'm going to do tonight, but I did watch the trailer and it's beautiful. It's um, just a little love story. Yeah. It's a sweet little bubble of a love story. Yeah. And you're so, you're, you're, you're amazing. Fat. I'm so no, fat. <laughs> oh shush you are not you look at what we do to ourselves i've done that to myself every day of my life why do we do that you're gorgeous stop but it's such a beautiful can you tell us a little bit about that love story it's so beautiful uh, yeah. no, i don't and so yeah. i can't see you right now right and, and john was wonderful in it and uh 
and Charlie Robinson, I did uh, Dragging Miss Daisy with, and he's no longer <gasps> with us. Um, so I, I think I kill my, my <laughs> the men who work with me better watch out because, um, um, yeah. But it's a biracial it's a loss, love. It's a big loss for me because you get so close to people when you're working. Mm. Yes, it is. And uh, he actually, uh, John wasn't well when he when we actually shot it. And he was such mm. a lovable person that it was easy to do. Um, as an actor, you, you know, you know that um, it, it's all about your connection with somebody else. I think that's part of the attraction of it is you get to connect um, on a very deep level with people that you, 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 especially in film, you walk on a set and you're necking with somebody you never met before, you know, not at my age now, but in the past. And, um, and you can get very close to someone in a very short period of time. Did you, did you tend to fall in love with your leading men? I, I'm trying to think. Honestly, I don't think I ever did. Hmm. I don't think I ever fell in love with, we weren't in love, we, but we, loved, we were in a deep kind of very loving friendship. I mean, it was, there was a deep love there, but I don't know that it was in love with hmm. each other. We were too smart for that. We, we thought about it once. We said, you know, what if? And then we looked at each other and truly we did. We just looked at each other and went, nah. <laughs> Practically at the same time, you know, we knew it would be trouble because we're complicated people. And we knew that and we knew it would probably turn bad and we'd be having to work for 17, 18 hour days together. And it just wouldn't work. So did, did we you... kept it very clean and but very loving, and we flirted. You know, I mean, we had fun with each other. But it, uh, you know. are you there? I'm here. This your sound done, is is good. Your sound is doing weird things, and so we're we're, we're going to talk a little bit more, and then we're going to do it another time, and when we have a better connection. When I'm but home. when you're home at, yeah. with your computer, yeah, and you're not struggling with the technology. But I I yeah. did want to ask you. Um, I know that you left the Waltons before it, the, the run ended. Why did you do that, Michael? I'm a theater person. And I just found it. I found... Uh, I had enough money. I had more money than I ever dreamed I would have, you know, being a theater person, you don't make a, you could do theater for the rest of your life and barely make a living. So I felt comfortable financially, even though I wasn't, you know, rolling we can't hear you this is so frustrating your sound is uh distorted I would have been paid an awful lot of money today but i i really felt um oh, frankly i was bored frankly um the kids were grown and I, I didn't, 
I've had, I've been with it for eight years and it was enough. It was very emotional when I left. I mean, I have a picture, I should post it, of my last day on the set and I wrecked. Michael, the sound. I don't know what to do about that. How's this? Our sound is, no. uh, we can't hear you. You keep uh, getting sort of distorted. Yes, I'm here, but we're having trouble hearing you. Here's my suggestion, Michael. This, you're, you're too important. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. I, uh, can you hear there me? There you are. Okay. We haven't heard half of what you've said because the can sound you is. Can hear me now? No, the sound is getting all distorted. Here's my thinking. Okay. You're, you're too important. Can you hear me now? I can hear you fine. Can you hear Yes. Yeah, but it's going in and out. So this is my suggestion. My suggestion, okay. because you're too important to me and to everyone watching <laughs> to have this interview be so frustrating because I want I want to have a free-flowing conversation. We're having trouble hearing you. So okay. can we reschedule this? And then we will be able to have a more relaxed and wonderful time. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Vicki. Don't can be you sorry. Hear me? Can you hear me say sorry? Yeah. I can hear um, you say sorry, and I don't want you to be sorry, and I appreciate I you doing um, this I've so much. I've enjoyed talking to you, so I'll be home tomorrow. I'll have my own computer, and uh, anytime you want to schedule it, I'll get up at six in the morning if you want, I promise. <laughs> I love you. Thank you so okay. much for doing this, Michael. Thank you, and, and I apologize. We, we will talk again soon. Thank promise. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.